Welcome to Inspiring Health with Dr. Roxana Gabster, President and CEO of WellSpan Health, as she hosts candid conversations about organizational culture, value, and other pressing issues we face in healthcare and business today. The U.S. healthcare industry, with its extensive use of energy, natural resources, and production of waste, is a major contributor to rising greenhouse gas emissions, a key factor in global warming. That's why last year, WellSpan launched our Path to 2030 Sustainability Strategy, and we signed two industry pledges to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions by 50% by the end of the decade. Since then, we've made significant progress in our efforts to diversify our supply chain, reduce energy, waste, and chemical use, and green our operations. As part of this commitment, we launched a system-wide recycling program in all of our acute hospitals with the goal of reducing the amount of waste that we send to landfills by 325,000 pounds a year. That's a lot. On this episode of Inspiring Health, I'm excited to be joined by Ross Gibby, Chief Operating Officer for the Center for Regenerative Design and Collaboration, best known as CRDC. This month, we're beginning a pilot program with CRDC to transform non-recyclable plastic waste from Wellspan York Hospital into Resonate, a sand-like additive that improves the performance of concrete and asphalt used in construction projects. Welcome, Ross, and thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Roxanne. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yes. Well, Ross, will you start off today by sharing with our listeners more about CRDC? Uh, What we like to call our call to action is to create appreciating value from the world's plastic waste. And, you know, what we refer to as the world's plastic waste, we're we're primarily referring to low-value plastic or no-value plastic. In other words, plastic that is destined for the environment, plastic that's either going to go into landfill, it's going to get burned in the incinerator, end up as CO2, or worse yet, is leaking into rivers and the oceans. And what we mean by uh, appreciating value is we convert that material into, we, we convert that plastic waste into a building material that goes into construction projects. And when that goes into, let's say, affordable housing or commercial buildings, it tends to have appreciating value. And therefore, it actually lifts up communities. And so not only are we solving uh, an environmental issue, we're also creating economic value all along that uh, that value chain. And, and we're also creating social value. And so that's really kind of the nutshell of um, of what CRDC is is pursuing. We do have kind of a, an internal uh, model that we call REAP, and that is R E A P. REAP stands for Recover, Enrich, Appreciate, Prosper. And what that really means is, again, in a nutshell, we're taking um, we're taking something that that has no value. Um, we're appreciating it, or sorry, we're enriching it by adding some additional components. We're appreciating it, creating value out of it, and then putting it into an end usage that uh, allows entire communities to to prosper. Um, CRDC was actually founded in, uh, in Costa Rica as a beach cleanup. Our founder, Donald Thompson, he's a Canadian guy. He's been living in Costa Rica for 30 plus years at this point, but he was a material building, uh, a material scientist, uh, a concrete guy, a construction guy. He uh, patented a wall system that um, uh, the company went public. He was able to move to to Costa Rica and started to get into more development projects down there. And um, and that was both on on 
you know, two sides of the spectrum. It was social housing, affordable housing, as well as high-end resort development. And he had one resort that uh, was right on the beach. And every day, more and more plastic was was washing up on the beach. And he would go out there with the, the kids in the community, and he would clean up the beach every day. Um, but eventually, he decided to to apply his experience and background and, and said, look, we need to solve this somehow, and we need to solve it in a way that's scalable. And so it has to accept that full spectrum of plastic waste, all plastic waste, including environmental plastic that's been collected off of beaches or, or out of rivers. And you know that's when Resonate was born. He developed this material and insisted that it wouldn't just be, let's say, hiding plastic in uh, a construction project or, or in concrete. It was it, it needed to add value. He knew that if if it was going to be adopted at scale, it needed to add value. And therefore, this material resonates that he has developed. It's uh, it maintains or increases strength. It reduces weight. It adds insulative value. It improves the acoustics. It lowers water absorption, all kinds of incredible performance in addition to that massive amount of plastic that is being diverted from landfill or the environment. Wow, that's really pretty amazing. Um, I'm just curious, how did you end up in York, Pennsylvania as your headquarters? Yeah, it's interesting. As I mentioned, you know, our our, our headquarters, our, where we were founded is, is in Costa Rica. And I was introduced to the technology in early 2019. Obviously, I'm from the United States. I live just outside of, of New York City. And in the spring of 2019, we brought the technology to New Jersey at a pilot scale. And then we were eventually we, we caught the attention of a whole number of, uh, of big players in the plastics, the packaging, the waste management industry. And, and one of those players is the Alliance to End Plastic Waste. Now, they're a, a massive fund with well, about 90, 90 members, and they wanted to help us demonstrate commercial viability. In other words, go from a, a small pilot facility that's producing about half a ton of material per day and scale it up. And so we knew that, or the Alliance knew that they wanted to uh, support a facility both in the United States and in Costa Rica. In Costa Rica, we just took our current facility and we scaled that right up. We were partnered with a concrete manufacturer there. Everything was pre-sold. That facility is actually capable of processing four and a half tons per hour. So in the United States, we didn't quite have that uh, offtake demand. In other words, that concrete partner. So we knew we were going to start smaller. And we knew we wanted to get into a location that was able to reach as many markets as possible. So, you know, York has that perfect location. We can get our material down to D.C., get it to Baltimore, to Philadelphia, to Pittsburgh, to Delaware, all the way to New York City. So we knew that it was, you know, going to cover the widest range. And that would allow us to see the market and really start to demonstrate what we're capable of. Um, but ultimately, you know, York is the first, but we're looking at, at really making this um a huge network of Resonate uh, processing facilities across the country. Wow, that's amazing. Well, I know you mentioned a little bit, Russ, that there's uh, different types of plastics that you're using to create Resonate. Can you just share what a few of those types are? 
Sure. So, you know, as as most consumers are aware, when you turn your plastic bottle or any kind of packaging over, you see the triangle on the bottom and there's a number inside the triangle. And so those are resin types. And there are seven resin types. And that's really where our name came from. We're called resonates. So we're sort of like the afterlife or the next stage for those seven resin types. Well, the most common one is is a number one, and that's PET, and that is basically your your water bottle. Um, the second most common one is HDPE or high density polyethylene. That's number two, and that's like milk jugs or shampoo containers, things like that. Those are the two resin types that are very commonly recycled. Those are the ones that are collected. Most municipalities look for those, and most recycling centers are processing those back into plastic pellets that go into a second generation of that product. Um, however, the three through seven plastics are much less desirable. It's very difficult to recycle some of those, especially the lightweight film and flexible plastics. Um, and there are very few end markets for those. So generally those are just destined for landfill or again, you know, the incinerator or worse yet, not as much in the United States, but in a lot of countries, it leaks into the rivers and the oceans. So the three through seven plastics, we can accept all of that. We can also accept the ones and twos if they're too dirty or they're too mixed with other plastic waste streams to be recycled so we can take plastic that's been in the ocean for 10 years stuff that's pulled off of beaches stuff that comes out of rivers municipal plastic that's actually um, mixed with food waste we have a very robust and flexible spectrum of what we can accept in our material so that's why we say we can take you know we're, we're attempting to create appreciating value from the world's plastic waste because there really aren't any limits on what we can accept Wow, that's that's really cool. Well, I know CRDC uh, can recycle a lot of medical plastics and blue shrink wrap that a lot of recyclers don't take or can't use. And that's a huge plus for us, as you can imagine, um, and it diverts it away from landfills. So can you share a little bit, Ross, about how Resin 8 is actually created and used in concrete? Yes. So initially, it's it's very much like a, a regular um, plastic recycling process. So the plastic initially gets shredded or granulated into small particles. We call them flakes. It's about quarter inch flake. And then what we do is we don't wash it. A regular mechanical recycling process, you're going to wash it and you're also going to segment that plastic. It all has to be very uniform before it gets recycled. In other words, very uniform resin type, all number ones or all number twos. Right, we're we're actually mixing it all together, and we shred it, we granulate it, and then we mix it with a couple powdered mineral additives. Uh, that's calcium hydroxide or hydrated lime, and an ash or a pozzolan. And we mix that all together, and then we run that through an extrusion process. Again, an extruder is something that they already use in the recycling industry. It's basically a big long steel barrel with a screw running through it and that barrel is heated so really what happens is the plastic is just it's melted but it's only melted to the to the to the point where it changes form and it mixes in those two mineral additives and we also leave a little moisture in the mix that creates steam in the barrel acts as a blowing agent so what comes out the end of the barrel is is like a cheese puff it expands when it comes out it's the other end and then it drops into a cooling bath and hardens. And what you get are these chunks of what's like plastic lava rock. 
It's got this open cell structure to it. And then we take that and granulate that. And when we granulate it, it has the exact gradation of sand or fine aggregates that are used in concrete. Now that open cell structure and the exposure of those mineral additives are what gives it the strength. The cement paste permeates into all those little cavities, the rough facial surface, the angularity, that's what helps it stick. Also the exposure of the mineral additives, those are pre-existing in cement. So that also helps with the bond. If you were to try to put plastic directly into concrete, plastic in its natural form is hydrophobic. It repels water, so it repels cement, so it immediately compromises the, the structural integrity. And so you're very limited to non-structural application. So in a nutshell, we were able to figure out how to get plastic to bond with cement. And therefore, we can scale in all concrete applications. Wow, that is just pretty amazing. Uh, well, you can imagine as a big health system, we generally have multiple construction projects going on across our system. At any one time, we have a, a big project here in York that's going to be occurring. We've got cancer centers and ambulatory surgery centers. Our ultimate goal is that we could use these concrete products in our construction projects in the future and see this model kind of come full circle. We'd give you the plastics, you'd put it in the concrete, and then we'd use it to build our buildings. I, I think we're one of the first healthcare systems or large companies in the area to partner with CRDC. And I'm just curious if your business model incorporates those kinds of partnerships in the future. Absolutely. As you mentioned, we are looking for that circularity and we are looking to demonstrate that circularity in uh, a very local um, radius. In other words, everywhere where there are people, there's plastic waste and there's demand for concrete and construction projects. So it makes perfect sense for us to be able to take plastic from, let's say, your facilities, convert that into resonate and put it right back into your construction projects. So it becomes completely circular. It becomes completely zero waste. And, and we're looking to replicate that around the country. As mentioned, wherever there's people, there's plastic and construction. So we see facilities going up probably you know, no less than 100 facilities across the U.S. Um, so that we can service all of these economies in the same way. Boy, that's pretty cool. Well, I know that you have operations around the globe at CRDC, and you probably have some really interesting projects in other countries and you're probably also seeing sustainability trends around the globe. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about any interesting projects you have going on elsewhere or any trends that you, you guys are seeing. Absolutely. Well, I already mentioned Costa Rica, right? Costa Rica is very progressive in terms of its sustainability efforts and goals. Uh, Costa Rica was actually, I think, um, named the most environmentally friendly country in the world. Uh, last year. So those efforts have really supported our initiatives and, and our technology. Um, one of the exciting partners that uh, we have in Costa Rica is Habitat for Humanity, and that's actually expanding worldwide now. Uh, but it really started in, in Costa Rica. And we've already built 700 homes, affordable housing in Costa Rica with Habitat for Humanity. So that's that's super exciting as well. We're in probably 20 different countries as far as our material being tested in concrete applications. We're probably in, I guess, 10 to 15 countries in terms of um, small-scale production. Uh, but we are 
Costa Rica has ramped up to commercial scale. York has ramped up to commercial scale. Cape Town, South Africa is on its way to ramping up to commercial scale. Australia is soon after that. And then we've got some cool projects with um, island countries. Samoa is a perfect example of that. Samoa is only 200,000 people. Well, these island countries have a huge problem. They have limited landfill space. Those landfills are bursting at the seams. They're inheriting plastic, not only from the tourist industry, but also plastic washing up on their beaches. So they're really in a, in a difficult situation. So this technology is, is really important to a place like that. So we're working with the United Nations Development Program in Samoa, and we've already, our machinery has already landed there, and we're in the process of commissioning that. Not only that, we're actually rolling out a, a plastic collection and recovery program there. Uh, I mentioned REAP earlier. We have an education program that teaches school kids about REAP. And one of the examples of that is our recovery program, The Bag That Builds. So we're actually distributing plastic trash bags through the students. They take them home, and it's super simple. All plastic, one bag, zero waste. They just fill up their bags with plastic. They bring them back to the school. The school becomes the aggregation point, and then it comes to us. In the absence of a real robust waste management infrastructure, this will reap huge benefits to the community itself, but also educate the next generation so that they are thinking about zero waste. They are thinking about sustainability, circularity, et cetera. So we're super excited about the program in Samoa. Oh, that's really neat. Wow. Such amazing work that you guys are doing, Russ. It's incredible. Uh, I'm so glad that we're getting this information out there on our podcast and that we have this opportunity to work with you guys. Uh, as you know, Earth Day's coming up pretty soon. So how does CRDC celebrate Earth Day? Well, as you can imagine, it's CRDC every day is Earth Day, right? Um, we're super excited about the Earth and our technology is there to actually do something about the issues facing uh, the environmental issues facing Earth. So, you know, Earth Day for us is, um, you know, it's exciting, um, but it's definitely, uh, you know, one of those things that we celebrate every day. But uh, in York, we're actually going to be participating in the Go Green in the City event. And we're also participating in the Lancaster County Climate Summit. So I'll be doing a, a presentation over there. And at the Go Green in the City event, we'll actually have a booth uh, where we'll be meeting with people from the community, telling them about the Bag That Builds program, giving them some green bags, encouraging them to drop their plastic off at our York facility. And then, you know, teaching them more about how Resonate works and how we may be able to uh, enhance the community. We're actually working with the city of York. Um, Mayor Michael Helfrich is, is creating some additional drop-off locations uh, for the green bags. And we're developing some community enhancement projects right now related to the city parks. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's amazing. Well, Russ, we're excited to be your partner, and we thank you for the work that you're doing, both for our local communities and for the planet. It's it's pretty cool stuff. I'm really proud of the work we're doing, too, at Wellspan to reach our goal of reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 50% by 2030, but also the recycling work we're doing, both with our environmental services team and greening our operating rooms, which tends to be a big source of waste for us uh, in healthcare. 
Um, and finally, the work we're doing on anesthetic gases as well, which is uh, interesting work, needed work, important work for our environment. In recognition of Earth Day, we just announced a new Green Deeds Employee Recognition Badge to honor our team members who are really taking this initiative to heart because so many of our team members are very passionate about this work as well. So that's all we have time for today. Thanks again, Ross, for chatting with me and sharing your innovative processes and business model that are making our environment better. And if you want to learn more about Wellspan's Path to 2030 and our sustainability program, please visit our website at wellspan.org sustainability. Happy Earth Day, everybody.